Clang, clang, clang went the trolley. Ding, ding, ding went the bell. It's Liza with a Z, not Lisa with an S, cause Lisa with an S goes snuds. Let me hear you say, hey, Miss Carter. Don't cry for me, Argentina. There can be a hundred people in the room. Liza! I'm Robbie Latua. And I'm Tequila Mockingbird. Welcome to Divas on Divas Live! The podcast... Have a second to cheer. Sorry. The podcast where we make our diva obsession... Your problem! (laughs) (laughs) Tequila, can you believe it? A live studio audience. How exciting. We normally record this in my lounge room. I know. We usually have to lock the two boys in the bedroom. I know. I know. Our audience is normally Dave and Keith and we we shove them in the bedroom. Don't Uh, make any noise. Don't open the doors. Don't close the doors. Shush, shush, shush for three hours, please. That's all we ask. (laughs) And as you was as, as we were saying earlier, we normally record for about three hours. So uh, you guys are going to see the adulterated, undul- unadulterated, unedited, oh. yeah. <laughs> almost a word, <laughs> <Yeah. Right. laughs> version of Divas on Divas today. How exciting! Woo! <laughs> It was enigmatic all over again, wasn't it? <laughs> but we're not here alone, Robert. Oh Aren't my we? goodness. No, we're not. Look, we have very special guests today. Hello. Hello. Welcome to the stage. We've got Marley Kernitz Drew and Thomas Bradford of the Born to Drag podcast. Oh. Your most esteemed guest yet. Yes, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> thank you for coming along today. Oh my God, us. it's so good to have you guys. Can you hear me, everyone? Yeah. Okay, cute. I now, I'm very loud. Yeah. It's okay. <laughs> if you are if you are listening to this at home, we strongly urge you to go to the Born to Drag podcast website. Uh, listen to the Divas on Divas episode of that. Well, listen to all the episodes of that because it's a fabulous podcast. Uh, listen to the Divas on Divas episode of that before listening to today's Divas on Divas episode because otherwise you're not going to understand any of our callbacks. No, mm. none of the callbacks <laughs> that we're going to literally do throughout this entire and We'd episode. love a callback at Born to I'd Drag. I'd love a callback, <laughs> yeah. It's all ah. I do. It's the only yeah. jokes I can make. Well, it's the only ones I can make. Mm. So we're a good company tonight. Yes. Really Remember good. Remember the bit where you pretended you were a better podcast than us? <laughs> yeah. That's a callback. Ah. I never pretend. Yeah, really call back. never forget. No, we're very real. I never pretend. Ask anyone here. I guarantee they will tell you that I tell the truth and nothing but the truth. <laughs> oh, mm. no Fifth Amendment here. Now, we are very excited to be, as we do every week on Divas on Divas, we cover one specific diva that we know and love and cherish and we delve very deep into their How past. deep? I've, so deep. So, so deep. deep. Cool. I mean, with the time frame today, probably not as deep. <laughs> okay, okay. We're going to go, we're gonna right. go Just like, the tip. Maybe just a just couple of fingers deep. Just mm, a couple cool. of fingers deep today. Now, we are, of course, today going to be talking about one Miss Diana Ross. Yes. 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 I know you're... Legend. I know you're very excited about this, Marlene. I am very excited about this. And you know who else is really excited? RuPaul. <laughs> Gosh, she loves Diana Ross. Big fan. Of Big fan. You never hear the end of it. No, no. Really like the don't. episode with the disco thing when she's like, name a song. Name you know an song. album? Name one song what? that Diana Ross sang. Or Donna Summer. Or yeah. Uh, yeah. One. Can you spell her name? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Do you know what she had for breakfast this morning? Exactly. <laughs> she was Literally. having none of that, wasn't she? Of it. Oh my none goodness. of it. Thomas, how do you feel about uh, Diana Ross? She's an icon. She's a legend. Big fan. Big. I did have to do a lot of research for this episode, though. 
Because <laughs> unlike Tequila Mockingbird, I'm the opposite of a sponge. Things just go straight through me. <laughs> oh. I've heard mm. that about you, actually. Wow. Yeah. yeah. The things you learn on live podcasts. <laughs> All right. Without further ado, let's get into the facts and figures of one Miss Diana Ross. Yes. Born Diane Ross as a clerical error because she was she was supposed to be called Diane Ross, but when they wrote her name down on the birth certificate, they wrote it down as Diana. So that was the name that she was then henceforth Ooh. given, unfortunately. On 26th of March 1944 in Detroit, Michigan, making her 74 years uh, 76 years of age. Oh, you're right. Reading your notes off your phone was a great <laughs> idea. <laughs> <laughs> By 15, she joined the Motown groups to the Primettes which would later be renamed to The Supremes. It was as the lead singer of The Supremes that she shot to fame in the early 60s. In 1966, the group's management changed their name to Diana Ross and The Supremes. What a diva moment that mm, is. Iconic. <laughs> yeah. and, and by 1970, Diana Ross had... Diana Ross had uh, not the first time I've gotten her name wrong. <laughs> had left to pursue a solo career. She has starred in such films as Lady Sings the Blues and my favourite, The Wiz. Yeah. Oh my God. Have you seen it? Have Do I you seen love it? <laughs> oh my God. I'll leave. That's it's fine. Obsessed. <laughs> yeah. I'm obsessed. I'm it is so great. Much. I play it at work. It's, 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 yeah, it's <laughs> interesting. Yeah. I mean, we'll oh. get into that later, but yes, The Wiz yeah. is right. interesting. Great. Love mm. it. Mm. Uh, and of course, he's famous for such songs as Ain't No Mountain High Enough, Upside Down, and of course, the massive gay anthem, I'm Coming Out. Yeah. She had... Oops. Sorry, I'm just barreling on. Oh, no, I I'm just like to... I'm a, hype, yes. I'm a hype crew. I'm a <laughs> girl's bathroom. Yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> she has been married twice. She has five children, the most famous of which is Tracy Ellis Ross. I love who is her. Stunning She's actress. She's so good. Amazing. And then there's also Evan, Rhonda, Ross love. and... Chutney. 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 Can't name. all have good names. Just like Legally Blonde, right? <laughs> yeah. Chutney. Uh, well, it's not Chutney. Chud- it's not Chutney. It's Chudney. Chutney. Oh, Chud. Yeah. Oh, I love Ooh. Chutney. Okay. <laughs> 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 Who doesn't? She has one Golden Globe from three nominations, uh, taking away the most promising newcomer. In 1973, she has won Academy Award from one uh, from one nomination for Lady Sings the Blues. She has won Tony Award for An Evening with Diana Ross and can you believe it? 12 nominations, but zero actual Grammys. A travesty. This is crazy. She still won the Lifetime Achievement Award in 2012, but with her, the, like the back catalogue of work that she has, has never actually won a Grammy. That's mind-blowing. It is. Mm. To think the amount of work that she did with the Supremes and as a solo artist. Yes. That blows my mind. In 1969 when she went solo. <laughs> <laughs> yes. yes. In 1993 she got she was entered into the Guinness World Records named uh, named her the most successful female artist, recording artist of all time based on the number of singles that she had had. And tequila. Oh, my God. This is my favourite bit. If you've ever listened to this <laughs> podcast, this is the thing that we're most obsessed about with any of our divas. For no good reason. For no good reason other than it's just a fun thing. that, that it's, a t- it's a through line. It's a through line from one to ten. Okay. What is it, Robert? <laughs> Hollywood Walk of Fame stars tequila. Oh. She has two. I would oh. love one. How oh, my God. Two? I really would. She what? got one for herself in 1982. Oh. And then the Supremes didn't get one until 1994. So I suppose it's really nice to put yourself out front and really take charge and get one for yourself. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to so go. It's like a running theme in Dana's life, really. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Very that. Mm. Yes. Yeah. Yes. 
she loves to take it. Time now to discuss the most iconic moments, as deemed by us, from throughout Diana Ross's career. And isn't it iconic? Killer, I know you're very Such keen vocals. to start us off here. Yes, I am. Oh my goodness. Sorry, I was just lamenting our, our incredible backing vocals on that track. Oh, 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 my oh my god, isn't it <laughs> iconic? Everyone appreciate that. Oh my goodness. <laughs> that took exactly 152 tries. Roughly, thereabouts. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I really want to kick this segment off. This is something that I've been obsessed with for a very, 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 very long time. I'm gonna take you back very quickly to a summer's night in July of 1983 in New York City. So Diana Ross headlined this incredible concert. It was it was just her. It was a solo concert in Central Park to to it was to raise funds to build a like a playground for children within Central Park. It was going to be called the Diana Ross Playground. Such an adventure. I know. So she had this huge big night there in Central Park. It was set to go off. So 4,000 people initially turned up and they were like, oh my God, this is amazing. By the end of the night, there were 800,000 people. Oh my God, just a small number. Almost as many people were here tonight. Yeah, yeah. 800,000. It was Mm. the height of summer. It was red hot. The rain came down 30 minutes into her set. She came out in this fabulous like pride ruffle coat. She's like the inventor of ruffle coats, I think. Yeah, 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 yeah. Stunning. And so what it was going to be... It was a free it was a free open air concert and what it was gonna be, it was the sale of her merchandise and her memorabilia was going to be the thing that was going to build like raise the money to build this playground. Thirty minutes into the concert, a summer storm hit. It was torrential. Like I'm talking one of the worst storms that New York oh City no. has ever seen. Like it was a washout. Eight hundred thousand people in Central Park soaking wet. She refused to leave the stage because she was so worried that if she left the stage that they were going to turn all of the lights off (laughs) and that nobody would be able to exit the park correctly like it would be a it would Mm. be trampled like people would be trampled on their way out so she was like no i'm going to stand here and i'm going to keep going while encouraging people to leave and the whole thing was filmed the whole thing was filmed and then televised it was crazy so she got 800,000 people out. But the thing is, all of that merchandise, all of that memorabilia was ruined. Aww. So they made no money from it. She made no money from it. Yeah. And then at the time, the mayor of New York City, Ed Koch, turned to her and was like, well, you've got to foot the bill for it. Yeah. So she came back the very next night and gave the exact same performance <laughs> for a thunderous <laughs> crowd. Of, again, they, they approximate 800,000 people. Yeah. Which, right. like, was it, it t-shirts blows. and stuff? It was t-shirts. It was like, mm. yeah. So did CDs they like resell them the next day? No, because all of the structure for the marquees and everything had been ruined in the storm. So they had nothing. So they so. just killed the planet by they making 800,000 t-shirts. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So oh. she ended Diana up Ross, environmental murderer. Ed Koch went on national TV... <laughs> Uh, he went on national TV and said that it cost him $2 million. It cost the city of New York $2 million. And wow. those claims have since been refuted. But what Diana did is take $250,000 of her own money and give it to the city to build this playground. I hope she washed all those T-shirts and <laughs> gave them away to the hop shop. And resell them. Yeah. <laughs> I would like to know. Those T-shirts are probably still here somewhere in little pieces. We could I'd all love have to some. find them. That'd Me too. We'll, we'll have podcast. a Google after the show. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. Marley, I know you're a massive fan of Diana Ross. What is, what is the most iconic moment in her career to you? Well, as we were talking about before, my favourite iconic moment would be her in The Wiz. Oh, so you have seen it. <laughs> yes. yes. I 
<laughs> I'm black. I have to see The Wiz. You have to. Actually, me and Cooper, my friend in the audience, we watched it together. Because we watch everything together. Because we're best friends. Yeah. <laughs> Hi, Cooper. Hi. Cooper's the one that I hit Hi. in the head. Sorry. Yes, he is. <laughs> yes. Yes, we watched it because we love it. And it's fabulous. Ease oh, on down God. the road. Uh, little bit, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Kind of like controversial. Um, has to be said. We have to say his name on the podcast. Michael Jackson was in The Wiz with Diana Ross. You can't say mm. Diana Ross without saying Michael Jackson. <laughs> can you? She's actually somewhat accredited to helping discover the Jackson 5. Take. Yeah, mm. yeah. There, there was a bit of a publicity push, I think, from her label yeah. to be like, let's say that you discovered Diana Ross. So she would intro them a lot and stuff mm. like that, yeah. But they were close friends, very close friends. Very close yeah. friends. But also, he turned it out in that film. Oh, yeah, like, they did. Oh, my God. Like, it's creepy, The Wiz. <laughs> I love it. It's a creepy film. But it's great. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Great and creepy. But I would have to say, yeah, her performance in that and just, you know, of the actual song is on down the road is my fa- like my favorite kind of look. Because she's also more natural than, you know, she's always glamorous and she's a bit, you know, kind of just like normalized. And sort of like dowdy as well. Yeah. Because I know that they took... When they they cast Diana Ross uh, in that role, it was originally meant to be they wanted Stephanie Mills, who had originated the role on Broadway, to do it. Right. And they, because Stephanie Mills was younger, and she was playing Dorothy as Dorothy of a school age, whereas Diana Ross was older. So they made it into her role into a school teacher rather than like a an actual child. So they, they aged the role for her. Got you. Just just very quickly for anyone, and, and, and shame on you, but if anyone doesn't know what The Wiz is, it, it, it of course was this amazing sort of reimagining of The Wizard of Oz done with a completely POC cast, uh, which was massively groundbreaking at the time. And, and yeah, it turned out to be a, a huge hit, if not a little creepy, apparently. <laughs> a little creepy. <laughs> yeah. Yes. What about you, Thomas? Do you have an iconic moment of Diana? Yes, mine would be her Super Bowl performance. If you haven't seen it, just go and spend the next 10 minutes. It's actually 14 minutes. uh, And spend the next 14 minutes watching it and then come back and then we can talk about it. Uh, She starts off the show and gets lowered down onto the stage with pyrotechnics happening. Lady Gaga could never. Uh, <laughs> while singing all the hits of the Supremes by herself without the Supremes there. That's how she wanted to her. sing Which in the first place, honey. I think it's just so funny Very and iconic. Beyonce of her. I mean, it's the opposite of Beyonce because Beyonce brought Destiny's Child back. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, the opposite of Beyonce. Wow. Yeah. Are you even a Beyonce fan, Marley? Wow. Do you even I told you Beyonce who, I, who I'm a fan <laughs> of. It's okay. Yeah. It's all right. Diana Ross. I love um, Diana Ross. Yeah, so I just think it's iconic that she was like, no, I'm going to sing all of the Supremes hits yeah. Yeah. by myself, yeah. not even mention them or invite them back She's for a special guest She's happy to be like, I did all the heavy lifting. Yeah. Obviously, yeah. I did all the heavy Apparently. lifting. But actually, though. <laughs> 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 I wanted to talk about um, one of my favourite crossovers is Diana Ross's relationship with Cher. Um, I was talking earlier mm. about how much I love Cher. All roads lead to Cher. All roads lead to Cher. Yeah. Certainly, certainly in my in seven my degrees of Cher. When I was fourteen, that was certainly the case. But <laughs> um, yeah, Diana stole stole Cher's very famous boyfriend. Do you mm. guys across this? Mm. I did. Yeah. Yeah. Had no idea. So, in 1975, uh, Cher and Diana were very good friends, uh, claimed to be best friends, very, very close. Um, they uh, apparently, um, apparently Cher helped Diana with, you know that really iconic Diana album? It's, it's just called Diana and it's that black and white, hair's mm. all wet and slick. Yep. She brought that cover to Cher and she said to Cher, 
what do you think? And she said, honey, you've never looked that good. (laughs) And so, and that apparently is the reason Diana said that's the reason that they went with the black and white version (laughs) for that album cover. But anyway, they were that close, you know, the sort of shit I would say to you. Um, (laughs) And um, uh, yeah, so Cher started dating Gene Simmons. So Gene Simmons of Kiss, they were dating in 1978. Uh, They moved in together. It was a very serious relationship. They talked about how much they loved each other. Now Cher told Gene to go and talk to Diana about what it is that she should get, he should get Cher for her for Christmas. She said, Diana will take you shopping. Diana knows my taste. Gene Simmons and Diana went shopping. Diana took him shopping. Mm. And then, yeah, you know, really spent, a, took him shopping. Yeah. spent a lot of time in Isle Sexy, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah, they ended up growing feelings for each other. They, they, uh, Gene Simmons ended up dating Diana after that. Not too, too clear on whether he'd ever finished the relationship with Cher yet. Um, and in fact, has later said that you know it sort of put a real spanner in their friendship. Gene uh, uh, D- and Diana dated for two years. Uh, they split up in 1984, and then he went on to have a relationship um, with Diana's sister-in-law. So gosh, you know, I mean, this he's just hopping. Yeah. Yeah. He's still with her, actually. She was a uh, Playboy from playmate. Bed to bed. Yeah. yeah no. Right. So bloody Gene Simmons ruined one of the best friendships there was in Hollywood. Imagine oh, the God, awful the duets they could have done. Yeah, wouldn't that have been fun oh. to see them two together? That's mm. a real, that's a real moment. Yes, talk about moments. Like, yes, sh- I think yeah. all the gays would just drop dead. <laughs> 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 They're both still alive. They're still. T- we could start a petition. We should. We could. We should start, that's that's the main goal. We could I get them so here, live on the Pride stage. Yes, <laughs> have we could. Do, we could parrot trap them. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine. I was surprised to find out that Diana Ross was ro- alive. Like, why did I just assume that she wasn't alive? You thought anymore? Diana Ross was oh, dead. No, she was dead. She's immortal. Wow. Wow. So we share. Yeah, exactly. So they wow. will. They will reunite once again. Hmm. Is there anything else you guys wanted to share? Iconic moments from. Well, have Diana we mentioned Ross? Dreamgirls yet? Because that's a big. Oh, that's yeah. what I love the story of Dreamgirls because it's literally about Diana Ross. Well, unofficially. Uh, yeah. Under I mean, the table. Unofficially, so they didn't have to pay the money. Yeah, yeah. Well, they, yeah. so Diana <laughs> would yeah, never sue them. Never admit to it being no. about Diana Ross. But when you see Beyonce out front of that three singing trio, yeah. you know so good. Mm, she's that's Diana, Diana Ross. Ross. Yeah, yeah, very similar storyline. You know, Diana becomes too big a star and they, the group can't really handle it. And mm. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Kicked Mary Wells to the curb. Yes. Sad. And another great diva crossover, Beyonce. Yes. Mm. Oh, that was a great movie. I don't think Jennifer Hudson's ever been better than she was in that movie. Oh no, I genuinely yeah. don't think so. I think that I, yeah. I think Jennifer Hudson is amazing, but I think in that movie, she it's was Effie. like top at her peak. Oh yeah, gosh. yeah, and it was her first movie. She peaked early. Yeah, peaked my drag career. Like you. <laughs> yeah. Oh my Liz. god. I mean, another thing that I find hilarious and iconic myself um, is that. It's Diana Ross's kids, as we were talking about before. So we've talked with Tracy, amazing, blackish, amazing. great yes. show, yeah. get on it. Um, but okay, let's just talk about Evan for a second. Do we know who Evan is married to? No. Uh, is it Ashley ah! Simpson? <laughs> is it? I th- Close. It's, it's either Ashley. Same, same, it yeah, same universe. It's Hayley Duff. Hayley Duff. No, yes. Okay. Yeah. Hayley so Duff is in Hillary Duff's lesser known. Yeah. <laughs> So, how much better can you get than Evan Ross and Hayley Duff? I love it. What a celebrity That's an iconic And they have children. You should do them next on the podcast. Yeah, that's going to be the next episode is Hayley Duff. Hayley Duff. The iconic diva. Season two premiere, Hayley Duff. Hayley Duff, yeah, great. I'll write it down now. Yes. All right, guys, uh, let's uh, crack on. Let's get into, uh, and let's have a look at why 
it is that us as a queer community love Diana quite as much as we do. And I was like, why are you so obsessed with me? I reckon we're all going to have one reason in common here. Who wants to take it? <laughs> the one massive reason that Diana Ross <laughs> is a gay icon. To each other. Am I, are you pointing to me or are you putting your hand no, up? No, no, I'm pointing to Thomas. Go, Tom. Oh, I think the, the common denominator is drag. Oh, okay. And, oh, yeah. That wasn't what that I was saying. Oh, no. Point, but that's oh, okay. Okay. I, I think also, yes. But let's go there. <laughs> let's go there first. Okay, right? let's go there first. Uh, and just how much of a supporter she is of the drag community and the iconic uh, remake of I Will Survive in the 90s with RuPaul leading the cast and then a full cast of Hollywood and LA-based drag queens just romping down the street of Hollywood. She is really, like, for me, she's very drag. Mm. Yes. Always, you always see her in those, like I said, those big ruffle coats. Yeah, I never knew what a ruffle coat was until I saw Diana Ross. Right, and then when I started doing drag, I was like, oh, everybody wears them. Oh, that's cute. That's fun. <laughs> like that is drag. She is. Yes. She is a drag queen. She is she's over the top. She's got the big hair. Yeah. She's got the fabulous Definitely. costumes. Yeah, so much. She wears so much. Uh, I found. I found this out during my research. She wears a lot of like Issey Miyake. Yeah, right. Um, who is a incredible designer. Yes. Uh, and he he created an entire like pride capsule outfit around her for uh, the release of I'm Coming Out. She's got right. that thing though that we talk about quite a bit on um, Divas on Divas, which is that she's she's quite impersonable too. So drag queens love to do Diana Ross mm. because the, there is a very signature dance, there's a very signature way of performing, and a very signature. Look, look that uh, that is easily replicatable and, and, and put on stage. So those things always lend you really well to the yeah. To and I guess community. in like performance and everything like that, her aesthetic and you know just the way she is um, and her is it aura? I always f- ruin this word. The aura. aura, aura, is it an aura? An aura, aura? you paddle with, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Menorah yeah. Fox. Yeah, and a, a, a in a her menorah, menorah Fox. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's she's had a like a big impact on you know like the queer community as well mm. and, and being. I think also never more so than with the unintentional queer anthem, I'm Coming Out. Yeah. Unintentional? I, I believe it was intentional. Was so it this is what I thought we were all going to trip over. Was well, the yeah. Song right, okay. Out, <laughs> right? Maybe here we are tripping over. Um, it, was, it was written for Diana's gay fan base. It was written by Niall Rogers in 1980. And he, he went to the club. He went to Gigi's at Barnum Room, which was a predominantly transgender club at the time in Midtown Manhattan. And he saw like a bunch of uh, sort of drag queen uh, interpreter, uh, impression, impressions of dra- uh, sorry, Diana Ross, and uh, he, he that led him to write this song. I, uh, that that's what I was my research anyway, mm. darling. Right. Okay. Well, <laughs> I have my notes here that said she was told that the track would end her career. Yes. After she played it for one radio powerhouse, but um, Niall Rogers convinced her to keep pushing on with it. He was like, No, no, no. This is going to be a huge hit. You need to. You need to go with this. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Which yeah. At the time, so originally, like uh, th- there was um, there was a guy that was pretty pretty predominant in radio at the time that heard it and said, no, 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 don't do this. But there, there was some thought that maybe that he thought that she was using it to come out herself. Mm. Right, okay. Um, which it was never meant to be and it was never ended up being taken as. And it was a, it was a massive hit, number five on the Billboard charts. Um, and she she also released it just after that Disco Sucks movement, which was this, mm. you know, this era where the people were burning their disco records and saying... Right, like, the white, white people. Well, <laughs> white, yes, yeah. white people were. It was, it was a, <laughs> a really racist movement, but yeah. it, it was this... this tr- 
you know, this trend that people were trying to get off the ground and she released this massive, like, pride disco anthem the year after, which I think just gives her so yeah. much credit. Yeah, so much credit. I think that's why, as, as a community, we're so drawn to, to people like Diana Ross and the divas that we cover is because there is that sense of connection with our community as well. Yeah, mm. absolutely. And, and that, that's what Nile Rodgers... He was quoted as saying... Uh, Nile Rodgers, who wrote it, he was quoted as saying, wait a minute, if I write a song for Diana Ross and talk about a disenfranchised part of her fan base and sort of make it for them that this will be an important record. And it, it, it was, and it has... It continues to be to this day. Wow. I love that. Mm. Yeah. What else we got? Any other reasons that the queer community is obsessed with Diana Rossmo? Well, I, I, I don't know. I'm just, I have like this thing where I just start thinking about other things and I'm just going back now. <laughs> okay, um, come back, come back to it. when we, we were talking about Diana Ross, you said she was from Detroit, right? Mi- uh, yes. Michigan. Yeah. Uh, no, Mi- yes, Detroit's yes, in sorry. Michigan, mm. in case you didn't. <laughs> um, no. Yeah. Um, anyone in the audience, if you could like get out the internet and just search <laughs> which projects RuPaul is from, because I'm pretty sure he's from the Brewster Project. From the Brewster Project, and yeah. so yeah. is Diana mm. Ross. Really? Oh, wow. You're welcome. Wow. Right. Yes. So that in itself. It you know the song it. where it's like all the way from the Brewster, from the Brewster Project. Project. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And Diana Ross. Supermodel. Ro- yeah. yeah. Supermodel. Yeah. So they're both from that. Crazy. Yeah. Okay, Fun. that makes a lot of sense into how deeply embedded into her... Right, and why Yeah, and why he likes her mm. so much. I mean, coming from that background and, you know, being probably like... Maybe they... I don't know how much different in age they are. Like, probably... Not that different. Yeah, not, I know. mean, RuPaul's not like, that old. RuPaul's 61. Like 60, is yeah. he? I think yeah. he's like 58. Nope, 61. Oh, is he? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> It's a 61-year-old man. Very close. 61-year-old man, yeah. Yeah. Get your facts straight. You got your 20-year-old drag, it's fine, we'll forgive him. Yeah, Yeah, but I thought that was interesting, you know? Mm. Famous famous neighbourhood, the Brewster Project. And a similar kind of, like, success stories. Yeah. Yeah. She was also neighbours with Smokey Robinson. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, who helped introduced um, her to Barry Gordy, and then away they went. Yeah. Yeah. Not only got to music career, but Lady Sings the Blues was, uh, he was the producer on that. Yes. Yeah, Barry yes, Gordy he was, he was the, the head of Motown, the Motown Records at the time. Yeah. And yeah, it was really instrumental in the start of her career. Yeah. Um, yeah, absolutely. And there's also just that glamour aspect, you know, that Diana is, you know, similar to the, to the drag thing. There is this, this glamour and this excitement that we're just very drawn to, mm. I think. Yeah, yeah. definitely, yeah. definitely. All right, Diva. Uh, all right, Diva. All right, Diva. <laughs> yeah. right, Diva. She is a Diva. I picked all that today. <laughs> <laughs> I won't be the last Diva, um, Let's talk about one iconic moment from throughout Diana's career. Now, we always have a Diva moment on Divas on Divas, and this is the one moment that, if nothing else, will qualify them as a Diva. I think we've heard a few already, but... Uh, <laughs> Tequila, I know you've prepared something. I have. This is from a book. It was an unauthorised biography of her life. And there are a couple of quotes from that book that I really love and I've known since I was a child. And I think this is... This, this to me, symbolises divaship. And, yeah. So, it's... She, she would demand that people call her Miss Ross and that everybody divert their eyes from her when she entered a room. Fuck yeah. I want she that. Mm-hmm. also insist that her dressing rooms have the same colour scheme as the exact colour of her eyes. Yes. I was wondering oh. what those painters were doing out the back earlier. Yeah, everything's got to be the light baby <laughs> blue that my eyes are. Yes, I thank love you. What is her eye colour? But she was also... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no one knows. It's no, a mystery. Brown. Sorry, it's blue. It's mahogany. Yes, and tequila. Yes, Sorry, and what I didn't explain at the start of this is I'm deaf. 
<laughs> at the moment, currently, because I'm sick, oh but no. that's fine. Um, <laughs> she was, he was also quoted as saying she was the original diva, and for some of today's stars, like Thank Whitney you. Houston and Mariah Carey, she is the role model for a lot of the things that they do. Also, as a fun fact, her ego was so out of control that when Florence Ballard, who was one of the Supremes with her, died in 1976. Sorry, I'm not laughing at someone dying. That's awful. <laughs> <laughs> in 1976, Diana attended the funeral late and she made a flashy Las Vegas-style entrance and stole the front row, which was reserved for the deceased person's she did. family. Oh didn't she get booed at that funeral? I have time? no idea. I'm pretty sure she I mean, it explains why they didn't it. perform at the Super Bowl in the 90s. <laughs> yeah, dead. imagine just walking through and just being like, I'm not only am I late, but everybody move because I need the front row. All the family, mm. you can fuck off, I need the front row. Yeah, Thank you. Hey. Just wild. Do we think she was it? Like, was she a diva? Like, I think was so. she hard to work with? I think so. Yeah, okay. I know. I have nothing to base that on. <laughs> yeah, nothing whatsoever. Just, just a vibe. Just I a vibe. I get a sense of what she was like behind closed doors. I think, I think her public life is very obvious. But yeah, just go and watch Dreamgirls. I think we know the answer. Yeah, I good point. Yeah. Yes, true. Unofficially, <laughs> unofficially Dreamgirls. Well, uh, guys, that brings us just about to the, the end of Divas on Divas for today. I want to say a massive thank you to Marley and Tom. You can, of course, catch uh, Born to Drag everywhere good podcasts are found. Certainly everywhere Stews on Divas can be found. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and a massive thanks to you to you guys, the audience, yeah. for being here with yeah. us tonight. <laughs> oh, my God. Coming to see us in the flesh for our very first live podcast crossover with the Born to yes. Drag. Yes. Mm. We're very excited. We're very excited. First and last. Yes. First and last. <laughs> well, thank you guys for having us as no, well. Thank yes. you. Yes. And as always, you can follow us on our socials. At Divas on Divas on Instagram at Divas on Divas on Facebook. We try to make it easy for you. And of course, season two will be coming very soon. <laughs> if I don't go it alone. Yes. Oh, <laughs> breakout star. <laughs> and you're gonna you're gonna do a closing number for us, aren't you? Tequila? I believe so. Yes, yes, you are. Well, with that little kitten wig on, I can only assume. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I one time. And until next time, everyone, don't forget. I'm coming, coming out, out and, and I want the, the world, world to know. know.